Welcome to the Nutritional Revolution Podcast. I'm your host, Kyla Chanel. I'm a performance nutritionist specializing in sex differences in sport. I work with athletes from all over the world through my online private practice in sports nutrition programs. We here at Nutritional Revolution are here to cut through the BS promoted in the media and give you the science, literally straight from the research articles, as well as share client success stories and experiences around nutrition and racing. Please keep in mind, this podcast is created strictly for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis and treatment. If you like what you hear today, we would love for you to subscribe and share. Trifecta Meal Plan Delivery offers pre-cooked, balanced meals that are shipped right to your door on a schedule of your choice. They even offer a variety of different meal plans from plant-based to vegetarian to gluten-free. If you're not sure which is right for you, they even offer a quiz to help you find out which will suit your lifestyle best. Trifecta is delivered to you in sustainable packaging, freshly made on a weekly schedule. You'll save time and money from constant trips to the grocery store and hours spent in the kitchen. Feel free to skip a week if you're out of town and cancel any time without any hassle. If you're interested in trifecta meal deliveries, we'll leave a link to check them out in our show notes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nutritional Revolution podcast. This is Kyla speaking, and then we have uh, Kristen, practitioner here, and we have Nia in the background taking notes, and we have a super rad guest for you guys, Um, just a two-time Olympian, no big deal, no big deal. Um, We have Leah Davison today, and she is from Jericho, Vermont, a graduate from Middlebury College, where she competed as a downhill ski racer, and get this. She shifted to mountain biking because it's amazing, right? So she started mountain biking in 2001 and took silver medal at the 2016 world champs and then bronze at the 2014 world champs and third overall in the 2015 world cup series. And she just released last month, August, 2022, depending on when you're listening to this, a really amazing Ted talk. So we're going to link that in the show notes. I highly suggest you go listen to it, but, um, Leah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, we are super stoked. Um, We would love to know, how did you go from skiing into mountain biking? Yeah, that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) How did that happen? Well, growing up in Vermont, it's a very, um, as you can imagine, like a winter focused uh, state. And most of our Olympians that come from here are winter winter mm-hmm. sport Olympians. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was ski racing naturally, cause that's very much so part of the athletic culture here growing up. And that kind of led naturally into mountain biking because I was downhill ski racing, running cross country actually in, in wow. high school. And it's a weird combo because they're kind of opposite yeah. sports in terms of one's very explosive downhill, the other one's endurance. Yeah. You I know, like a combo um, for the body. Yes. <laughs> and I, um, a friend like kind of, I think it was my junior year in high school 
said, hey, why don't you stop running circles on the track and try this mountain biking thing? And I was, and I fell in love immediately because it was the perfect combo of downhill ski racing, like Mm. kind of the descending skills that you need um, on the bike. And then that endurance that I got from um, cross country running. So I just naturally took to it. And then I found out you know, I started racing these local races, then went to my first national race and I won actually as a junior. So that <laughs> means not? you're yeah. <laughs> 18 and younger Wow! and USA cycling came up to me and they said, Hey, you won this race. You've qualified for the world championships. And I was like, what? There's oh a world champ. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I had no idea. And then from that moment, I found out Oh, people do this for a living. There's a world championships for this. And there's an Olympics for this. And I always had that Olympic dream. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on, I'm like, game on. This is, this is what I'm doing. That's awesome. Out of curiosity, did your ski resort that you would go to, did it turn into a downhill biking during the summer months? That's a great question. Cause a lot of ski resorts are going that direction, but no. It didn't. Oh, okay. So you weren't <laughs> ripping like the like same more trail. recent too, yeah. you know, yeah. like, like in the last maybe five to 10 years, we've totally, yeah, yeah yes. there's been that evolution kind of, yeah, exactly. In the last five to 10 years because of climate change and less yeah. snow. And so, the, yeah. you know, these ski resorts have to go to yeah. other revenues, but yeah, I, that was way back 20 years ago so back in the day <laughs> yeah There's totally great trails over there in vermont though i'm assuming oh, it's incredible oh, yeah it's yeah. incredible yeah. yeah and only gotten better over the course of my career so mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome and bike technology i would imagine has changed oh, quite a bit <laughs> it's completely different it's like yeah. a dream to ride yeah. these bikes now <laughs> yes so cushy, right? The yes. suspension, pretty <laughs> incredible. Um, yeah. So you were also involved in something called Little Bellas. Mm-hmm. And I definitely want to talk about that. Um, can you tell us what that is for those who don't know? Yeah, Little Bellas is a nonprofit that my sister, Sabra Davison, and mm-hmm. myself and another woman, Angela Irvine, started way back in 2007, it's a all girls mentoring on mountain bikes program. And we started in Vermont and now we are nationwide and we are powered by our volunteer mentors. So we have about 600 women who volunteer for our chapters and programs all around the U S and yeah, it's really just grown. And it was started by the fact that we noticed that there weren't as many women riding bikes and racing bikes really were my sister, the world that my sister and I were in. And we're Mm -hmm. like, this is wrong. We have to change this, you know? So we used that kind of observation and took action and created the little Bellas. Awesome. I love that. I've definitely, I'm based in Marin. We talked about this a little bit before we hit record, but I've definitely seen the little Bellas happening out here. Um, what's the age range that they take on? Yeah, it's seven to 14 years old. And then there are, you know, programs depending on where you are, but there's types of programming for Mm -hmm. 
um, after, you know, these little bellows graduate out of the program. So they can become junior mentors. Mm. They can, um, in a lot of locations do our ride program, which is they kind of graduate to like, okay, now we're going to shred the single track and like a rad ladies group ride. Right. Yeah. And then in Vermont, we have something, a program called the B project for teenage mm. girls. Um, and this is really cool. It's pretty much teaching these teenage girls how to adventure because that's something wow. that you need to learn. Yeah. You know, we all, we all didn't just like wake up like this, you know, like <laughs> Beyonce. And so we have an awesome program lead for that, Sarah Schreib, and she takes these women on adventures. I mean, they ride to Mount Mansfield to the hiking wow. trail. They oh, will wow. hike up Mount Mansfield uh, come back down, ride their bikes back, or oh, they'll, wow. yeah, they'll stay overnight in the woods and have to make their own shelter. I mean, I've never oh my done gosh. that. Oh, cool. <laughs> I never did anything like that. In yeah. I know so it's really yeah. fun. Yeah. And they do full moon adventures. And, wow. and it's, so it's like, yeah, let's teach them how to take advantage of all these things in our backyard. Cause there's yeah. so much fun to be had. That's amazing. And how does someone get involved um, in the Little Bellas? Yeah, you can go to our website, littlebellas.com and um, check us out. You can sign up. Please sign up for the email notifications because that's how we tell you about when programs and your local program on the registration opens up because Mm -hmm. it can, it's in high demand and we want to make sure it's a you know, everyone has a fair shot at our yeah. program. So yeah, that's the best way. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, awesome. you know, we're on all the social media channels and yes. it's a very cute feed. Yes. I mean, oh, I'm sure to see that's these awesome. girls. I think it's such a great transition. You know, when I'm out riding, I just see so many more young girls and women yeah. on yeah. bikes. Um, yeah, awesome. I, when I started in high school, I feel like there wasn't that many and I just love to see it. I love it. Oh, me too. Yeah. At the beginning, when we started, I mean, in 2007, I was literally searching for mentors, right? Mm -hmm. Like we need Mm -hmm. these mentors to ride with the girls and every woman I saw that was on a bike or not an athletic or not, I would be like, Hey, why don't you come and learn how to ride a bike and mentor (laughs) a program? Now there are so many women out on the trails. Like you said, it's awesome. We're like, yeah all right, this is like, we've built something. And you know, these little Bellas are graduating out of the program, riding the trails, getting their friends to ride. So it's, it's been a great evolution to see. And I think the pandemic has helped that out too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The bikes, bikes were flying off the shelves during the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, (laughs) That's great. Yeah. I remember, um, this is going to age me a little bit, but probably like 17 to 18 years ago when I was in high school, there, our mountain bike team was just starting and there was one girl on the team and I came from like a basketball background, but my dad got me into mountain biking 
he's six, four and put me on his hard tail, oh, like no. mongoose or something like that. Oh my God. I like hated him in that moment. I was like, <laughs> I hate mountain biking, you know, of course it's way yeah. too big. <laughs> yes. Um, but eventually it grew on me. Right. And, um, got the right bike, fell in love with getting outside all of that stuff, but nice. yeah, it's come a long, long yeah. way, um, in schools and all that stuff. So I, I yeah. love seeing that and, and girls getting involved. Like you're saying, I think that's so wonderful. And it's, it was hard for me to find like girls to ride with for a really yeah. long time. Um, but now we, we got a good crew going and we keep trying to recruit, recruit people to our bike club, but. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. That's, that is the cool, um, aspect of little Bella's that we didn't really foresee, but it's building community on all these different levels. Right. So yeah. at first we were focused on let's get more girls in this sport of mountain biking. It's so incredible. It can teach you so much to, you know, you literally have to surmount obstacles and you can kind of bring in the same skill set when you come up against a challenge in life. And what we found was with our volunteer mentors, oh, this is a space where they can find each other Mm -hmm. and like, you can find your tribe. I know that's like, well, you worn out that saying, but it's like, (laughs) you find like-minded individuals who like to ride bikes and it's, And it's sometimes hard to do that, especially if you move to a new community. Mm-hmm. And then at the other, at the next level, uh, parents were riding. Mm-hmm. So yeah. moms and dads were getting on bikes and riding during our riding during the little Bella's sessions. And now they need to improve because they need to keep up with their daughter. Totally. That's yeah. great. Wow. Yeah. So it's been a really cool kind of, um, I think uplifting of a lot of different levels of the community uh, through mountain bikes. And it's just so much fun to be a part of. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, so we're, we're going to take a little segue here. So if you guys don't already follow Leah on Instagram, her Instagram (laughs) handle is Leah eats a lot. So we don't know why her name is this, but we would love to (laughs) know. Can you break it down for us? Yeah. I mean, it kind of started out as a joke. When I started my Instagram, you know, at the beginning, cause I do eat a lot, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think compared to like average, average, um, consumption of food maybe yeah. by women. And, um, you know, I'm like riding a lot, working out, you need to fuel that, that Absolutely. workout. And so I was, I eat a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you got to fuel the machine for sure. And I uh, love food. I mean, it's, it's like one of my passions. I would say I'm a foodie. Awesome. I get bone appetit at that magazine <laughs> every month. I like pour through it immediately. Nice. Like I try the recipes. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, I mean, th- this is something to, I mean, nutrition energy intake is always a, big surprise many times for a lot of our endurance athletes when we actually like break down how much they need to be eating. And many times it's specifically too in the carbohydrate department. A lot of them are like, oh my goodness, this is like way more than Mm -hmm. I was consuming. And there, there's definitely a fear of it for sure initially. And once they kind of jump in and make the change, then we're getting messages them from them. Like, Oh my gosh, I felt so much better. I never bonked. I got to, like, I, my paces were faster. I went so much further, you know, all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, was there, um, any like game changes for you over your career with things you were doing with your nutrition or anything like that? 
Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you are spreading that message because it's so important. It's definitely opposite to a lot of the messages that culture, popular culture is spreading, you know, like it's so everyone's so scared of carbs Mm -hmm. and, and you need them, you know, like that was one of the things, um, when I started working with a nutritionist, um, through team USA in 2017, Liz Fusco, she's amazing. Uh, Now she works with us rowing and I'm still working with her, but she, you know, they develop this um, resource on teamusa.org, I think, Mm. and go on there Mm because there's a bunch of different resources, but the one that I love the most is athletes plate. Oh, and yes. I think I've seen, seen that. that. Yes. yes. We yeah. use that too with some of our clients. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. It's, I'm a visual person. And so it's a visual of a plate mm-hmm. and this is what your plate should look like. And they're portions, right. Of protein, fruits and veggies and whole grains. Love it. Um, on an easy day, mm-hmm. on a moderate day and on a hard day. So it's easy plate, moderate plate, hard plate. And so, so I can like literally compare. Yeah. And um, that I would say was a game changer. And because, I mean, not like I was doing this, I, w- I was doing this already, but mm-hmm. just to be reinforced that all days have carbs. Yeah. Right. All days. <laughs> you need All carbs the days. to recover as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I, I'm sure like you ladies and a lot of your listeners, like we are movers and shakers. Like we are even on the easy day workout days, you're running to this thing, you're meeting friends, you're going to work. You're yeah. so you're actually expending more energy mm-hmm. than you think you are because, Oh, I just did an hour spin or I did, Mm -hmm. I took the day off. Well, you still need carbs. And so kind of to get that reinforcement was huge, Mm -hmm. I think. And I just want to like spread those athletes plates all over the place because, and like the message that you're spreading, like you need to fuel and Mm -hmm. carbs are magic. Really? Yeah, they really are. (laughs) They're magic. A game changer. Yeah. And they're fun to eat. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, The other, I mean, there's, there's been a couple of big game changers. I think the, another one that we worked a lot on was, um, getting enough fuel on the bike because that's really hard. I mean, You're literally on the go. You can't unwrap things. Mm-hmm. It's sticky in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. like, how many Haribo gummies can I yeah. chew? Not enough. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. like a choking hazard. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so we worked a lot on getting enough carbs per hour on mm-hmm. my rides. And, yeah. and it turns out for years, I was underfueled on the mm-hmm. bike. Yeah. And, um, you know, like for a two up to a two hour ride you need for me. And I think, I mean, you can, I'm asking you to, if you think the same, like 30 grams per hour of carbs. And then after I kind of get past that two hour mark, mm-hmm. I go more to like uh, 30 plus. So 50 mm-hmm. grams per hour, even yeah. up if you train your gut, 
Mm -hmm. to 70 grams per hour. Yeah. So that's a combo of gels, you know, of drink mix yeah, of everything. And once I started to do that, and this was only in like the past two years, three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I was feeling better on the bike. You would recover better. Mm -hmm. And my, um, the thing that told me I was doing it right was Every night I would wake up hungry and have to have a snack. Yeah. So I would have a yogurt. Yeah. I would have a yogurt, a banana. I mean, pretty much anything that's Mm -hmm. a banana, maybe with some cashew butter. Mm -hmm. And when I started fueling right on the bike, I wasn't going into that big deficit. So Mm -hmm. I would sleep through the night. Yes. Yeah. And And that enhances your recovery as well. Yes. And I don't like to, I mean, weight is a whole, it's a rabbit hole and it should not, there should be a lot of factors that you're Mm -hmm. judging success performance on, right? Mm -hmm. It should, there's a lot of other stuff outside of the scale and there's way too much focus on that number. Mm -hmm. And, um, once I started fueling with more carbs on the bike, I lost weight. (laughs) <laughs> isn't that, isn't that I mean, interesting? Yes. Yeah. Cause my body's body not happy. like, yeah, it's happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, Oh my gosh, hold on to everything. Yeah. You know? yeah it's like, scared. You're not going to give it enough. And so yeah. it holds on to it. Um, yeah. and I have yeah. a lot of, you know, I think Kyla does as well. We have a lot of clients where they yeah. come to us and, and some of even think they're overeating. Um, oh and we do a, the diet analysis and they're way under fueling. Yeah. Um, yes. And they're worried that by eating more, they're going to gain weight, but it's actually the opposite. Yeah. If you're fueling your body, you have more energy and, and your body's willing to expend those um, carbohydrates. Yeah. Yes. And your hormones are firing yeah. properly. I mean, that's one of the big things we've seen yeah. is like the suppression of the sex hormones and elevation in cortisol and stuff like that. Even with the, um, there was a study that we were watching the professor present recently on the within day energy. So you could still be hitting mm-hmm. all your energy at the end of the day, but you went four five, six hours without eating yeah. in the middle of the day. Yeah. And even just from that, they saw suppression and the sex hormones of both males and female athletes and then elevation in cortisol. So yeah, very interesting stuff, but also like all the more reason to keep fueling the machine. Right. Yeah. Well, and give um, your body the fuel when it needs it, totally. you know, it needs it while you're on the bike. I, you know, a lot of athletes are like, well, I, I just eat a huge dinner later in the day. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, that's not really when your body actually really yeah. needs that fuel yeah. it needs it before, during and after. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite go-to pre-training like breakfast or meal or something that you love, Leah? Yeah, that's kind of like switched up mm-hmm. um, in, in the, it actually switched up at the pandemic because mm-hmm. I realized it was um, eggs and toast, like yeah. two eggs <laughs> over medium, hot sauce, yeah. two pieces nice. of toast. And then on a, like a longer ride or a heavy training day, like a glass of orange juice, mm-hmm. you know, just to get that extra carb. Yeah. That's also something we worked on. Nice. There <laughs> you go. Love it. Yeah. Um, uh, or like pancakes. And then I realized mm-hmm. I was having that too much because I would travel oh. and have different stuff and mix it up. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so burnt on this breakfast during the yeah. pandemic when yes. I wasn't traveling and racing. So then yeah. I kind of, yeah, I got more into pancakes, muffins, nice. um, 
uh, yeah, just cereal yeah. or, uh, yeah, I, oatmeal. That was the, mm, the other mm-hmm. thing I got into, but oatmeal is really just a vehicle for cashew butter and maple syrup <laughs> for me. And fruit, let's be honest. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> That's, that is, uh, that is spot on. That's great. So (laughs) talking about carbs, um, and adding those, I mean, I love that you mentioned juice. I think that's an area where a lot of people are like, also there's a little bit of fear, like that they shouldn't be drinking these like liquid calories and stuff like Mm. that. And there is a time and a place where it can be really beneficial, especially pre-training. If you don't want to have your stomach feeling super full, it's a quick way to get some good carbs in. So yeah, I I love that suggestion. Um, and then what about your post training recovery? Is there a go-to or a couple go-tos something from bon appetit? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, this, I mean, this was actually the first game changer in my career. Um, I worked a little bit with Stacy Sims. Oh yes. Totally. Which is, she's great in terms of like, you know, focusing on females and nutrition and we're, you know, females are not small men. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So did you work with her out of curiosity? Um, I think it was. Uh, was she still with Osmo? Yes, yeah, she was still with okay. Osmo. Okay. I was working yeah. under her at that time. No way. Yes. That's yes. awesome. You might've been one of the athletes. I was like in the background shadowing her. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's so, so cool. Yeah. Small it was world. definitely like 2014, like 2012 yeah. in that, okay. in that awesome. time zone, I that's think. That's great. Oh yeah. Goodness. So <laughs> we worked on, you have to get, um, protein like mm-hmm. within 20 minutes of ending yeah. your workout. And this is something that I had no idea. I mean, you need to learn these things. And yeah. also at the beginning of my career, I mean, there was not as much information out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Like I look at these young athletes now coming up and I'm like, Oh my God, I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I even rode my first junior world championships with the camelback taking mm-hmm. feeds. Like, yeah. I didn't know. I mean, yeah, totally. I didn't, I didn't know I didn't need a camelback. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, you know, you need to learn kind of sometimes the hard way, but yeah, that was huge for me. So mm. that's my first order of business is post-workout. I have to get the, that protein in and Mm -hmm. it usually comes in the form of a recovery shake, um, just with, you know, protein powder, maybe some noon recover in there, Mm -hmm. um, some lemonade and yeah. Yeah. And some like just frozen strawberries or mango. Yeah. Um, And then I just recently started working with core power. Mm. And so they make, um, a very accessible, protein drink. It's, it's with, it's a milk product, but they remove okay. the lactose. Oh, and cool. so, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I mean, you can literally go into most grocery stores, gas stations and get it. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. Is that so the fair life core power? Yes. Is that the same? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And it's delicious. They have like yeah. chocolate, vanilla. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, sometimes I'm like driving out to yeah, a trailhead. Yeah. That's nice to have it convenient at different oh, gas station stops because yeah. it's, yes. it's hard to like, remember to bring your protein powder yes. with you sometimes when you travel. Yeah. 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 And That's sometimes great. you can't like, you know, you don't have a blender and then I don't want to shake up the protein, but yeah. you know, yeah. like, yeah. so <laughs> I chalk. mean, this, yeah. yeah, this has been great because I'm like, 
oh, this is really convenient. Yeah. It's, you don't have to keep it in the fridge mm-hmm. and you just, you know, you like throw that back and it gives you the protein that you need. Awesome. And so you're getting that, you know, those things that you need within that window and then followed up with a meal mm-hmm. is, is ideal. So, yeah. uh, lunch, I mean, that's, I've actually moved my breakfast to my lunch. So it's oh like, my- eggs, you know, (laughs) eggs is like easy protein toast or like little egg tacos or, or leftovers really. Yeah. Do you follow a like vegetarian diet or are you an omnivore? No, No. I love meat. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to just for environmental reasons, trying to incorporate, um, Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. tofu. Okay, cool. My life. Yeah. And my nice. dad became a vegan too. So oh, really? okay. yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Like only like five years ago, he's not, wow. he's not like, Oh, you eat me, you know, yeah. like not one of those vegans. Exactly. <laughs> like, That's good. But he's been inspiring really yeah. to be like, wow. okay, maybe I can switch, switch some of this out. Meals and yeah. That's yeah. great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. To make an impact. Yeah. I love, I love eggs work can, can work any time of day. Oh, I mean, those I are eat them for lunch almost every yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how in a breakfast bowl or like, yeah. how do you do totally. it? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, so talking about carbs, we love talking about carbs. Um, do you, <laughs> do you, do you, did you ever do any intentional like carb loading or glycogen supercompensation leading up to any of your events? Yeah. I mean, definitely I've been, um, getting into some longer distance mm-hmm. races. So mm-hmm. last year I retired from cross country world cup racing. Okay. So I had done that for 20 years. Wow. It's the Olympic format, you know, yeah. 90 minutes of racing. And, um, this season I I'm just racing. Well, not just, I'm actually headed off to world champs nice. <laughs> casually on Saturday, but, um, it's the marathon discipline. Mm. So this is like a three and a half to four and a half hour effort on the mountain bike. Um, I did some, so this year has been really some longer stuff, which is Mm -hmm. new to me and it's cool. Yeah. New challenges. Yeah. Um, which, which for sure includes having that hard athletes plate. Mm-hmm. Um, the night before, maybe even two awesome. nights before. Yeah. And then, um, before that, you know, I've, I've done some mountain bike stage races, which mm-hmm. usually include those longer efforts Yeah, and it's back to back. Right. So mm-hmm. it can be seven days in a row, five mm-hmm. days in a row. Wow. And so with that, it's like, uh, Liz just says at the finish line, get in whatever you can (laughs) yeah, as much as you can. Is it Coke? Is it whatever, you know, just like down the hatch because (laughs) this is energy in tomorrow. Yeah. 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 So like, and that has helped recover, like me recover and be prepared day in and day out, like in big training blocks too. Yeah. That's awesome. So coming up to this weekend's event, marathon distance, you're saying, how does your hydration and fueling, like, do you have a game plan as of now? And like on a a mountain bike where things are a little bumpier, like how do you time when to eat? Like, can you talk to us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, this is a great question because it's something I've been recently working on because mm-hmm. um, I've realized this season, you know, I, I have fueled up until like, you know, 60, 70 grams of carbs mm-hmm. per hour. Cause it's mm-hmm. a, it's a hard effort. Mm-hmm. And I've realized a couple times, oh my gosh, I crossed the finish line and I am done. I yeah. mean, my stomach Oh yeah. It's done. I've yeah. like had gut drop, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know what that sounds like? Yeah. <laughs> we talk about it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I'm not okay for like that entire, yeah. I don't know, six hours, that entire evening, you know, yeah. until the next day. And I'm, oh my gosh, what's going on? I'm fueling yeah. mm-hmm. properly. So what is happening here? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not crazy numbers. Like it's not right. like, a hundred grams per hour. Right. And so Liz is like, and I'm like, I'm a heavy sweater. Yeah. And so what was happening is I, um, the balance is off. So mm-hmm. I'm not hydrated enough to take in, in enough fuel. And so it's like, I get, it's like, I'm taking a hundred grams of carbs, right? Right. Like, I need more hydration. This mm-hmm. is something I have realized. Yeah. And and you both can probably explain that more like that balance <laughs> that you need in the gut. Right. Yeah, like, totally. Well, and everybody's so individual, right? Yeah. So like, that's something too, we have our clients do sweat testing. Cause that's yes. from the research. I mean, we're seeing like everybody can be on such a huge range. I mean, you could have somebody who's only losing 33 ounces an hour and you yeah. can have someone who's losing 145 ounces an hour in the exact same temperature. So yes. it's pretty important to know how much that person needs to drink to delay that dehydration and yeah. sodium too is, is going to vary, you know? So I had a client recently and she was a triathlete and she was fueling great, hitting her marks on the bike. But then when she got to the run, her fueling product had like Ugh. zero sodium in it. And she wanted yeah. to just sip water on course, which led to a ton of GI issues as you would imagine. And as soon as we added some sodium into her run, she was yeah. zero zero GI. So it's like, yeah. yeah, like you're saying, creating that proper balance and composition in the gut is really important. Totally. I, yeah, we did some sweat testing when I was, I was up awesome. North doing a mountain bike stage race. Yeah. And I, if I'm remembering correctly, like losing 74 ounces per hour. Wow. So wow. I'm a sweaty Betty yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, in conclusion. And so yeah. Hence yeah, the gut it, issues though, yeah. if you're not taking in enough, mm-hmm. um, yeah. it's happen. Wow. Yeah. Which is so interesting. Like I never thought it would be because of hydration. I'm losing yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. So I, um, have started to carry a camel back, mm-hmm. you know, so, cause on the mountain bike, it's so hard sometimes to reach down and yeah. in these long races, gravel races, mountain bike races that I'm doing a lot of times they don't have feed zones. Mm-hmm. Um, like you have to stop and no one, no one wants to stop. Totally. Racing, you know? yeah, totally. And, and so I'm literally going out there with a full camelback and two tall bottles to be prepared. I'm used to cross country only an yeah. hour and a half. I see a feed zone every 10 minutes, you know, right. so mm. take a drink, throw it away. I'm mm. good. You know, yeah. like it's not long enough for those things to really take into effect. So mm-hmm. my plan is to go in hydrated. So I um, use noon mm-hmm. and they have a great um, series, the podium series, which is oh, yeah. more for like 
racing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and these harder training efforts. Yeah. And that's all, that's what I use on the bike. And I use their tabs, like strength training and just Mm -hmm. for daily hydration, pretty much. Awesome. Delicious. But they have a a pre-product that's like a Mm. hyper hydration product. And then they have the during um, during products. So that's what I'll use, um, awesome. out on the bike and in combo with gels, you yeah. know, cause that's like the biggest carb hit and mm-hmm. the easiest really. Nice. Yeah. So are you timing those gels with, uh, like a flat section I would imagine, or yes. maybe a descent or like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. A flat section or actually a climb because yeah. If it's like a road or a climb, then you're going a little bit slower. You can take your hand off the handlebar, reach back. But Mm. in, in this, um, in the national mountain bike marathon championships that I'm doing coming up, and then also the mountain bike marathon world championships that will be on the 17th this month, they'll have feed zones like uh, so I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. We're back. We're back to the feed zone. So I'll be able to get a bottle. Nice. more frequently. So I won't be as worried about carrying everything. I'll just be yeah. taking bottles at the feed nice. zone. Oh, that's good. Where is so, nationals yeah. this year? It's in Maryland, oh, Frederick, okay. Maryland. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what the weather's looking like right now? Um, oh, for world championships or, yeah, this, or sorry, this weekend's event. Um, it's, I, it's, um, it could go either way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit, it's in Denmark. So, okay. oh, um, yeah, yeah. The world championships are in Denmark. So I'm going to fly on Saturday and then the race is next weekend. Um, okay. it looks like it might be a little bit rainy and like oh. in the sixties. So yeah, we'll that's, yeah. I mean, that's kind of nice, you know, I don't know oh, what yeah. there's like for you, but it's like 110, I think here oh. yesterday. So know, you guys are yeah. going through a heat wave. That's yes. Crazy. Yeah. So gnarly. Well, I, surprisingly, I see people out road biking at like one and 3 PM in the afternoon. And I just like have to assume I'm like, they are heat training for something. I would imagine like, it's yeah. just, who would do that? But yeah, yeah. pretty incredible. So with kind of touching back to the marathon event out of curiosity, you were mentioning like the camelback. So you're heading out with everything that you're going to need mm-hmm. for that whole duration. Cause you're not planning to stop anywhere. Correct. Well, so, um, yes, for this season, I, the majority of of races I've been doing, they don't have supported their self-supported feed zones. Mm. So in order to get water or Mm -hmm. something that you need, you have to stop Mm. and fill up your bottle. Cause like, you know, half of the race is racing this and Mm -hmm. the other half is like, I'm going to go out and do this big ride and it's Mm going to be an awesome accomplishment. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for these two upcoming races, they're sanctioned races with mm-hmm. the International Cycling Union. So this means that I can have support in the feed zone. So mm-hmm. I'll have my mechanic there with wheels and nice. um, and bottles, you know, mm-hmm. to hand to me. So this way I don't have to stop. Yeah. So I'm psyched about this. Awesome. Nice. I'm not like going out, like being weighed down by like 20 yes. pounds of water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's smart. Yeah. And yeah. with that, like the carb goals you have, I mean, you mentioned gut training a little bit. Is that something you work on increasing week by week from a fluid and a carb perspective? Or what does that look like leading up to yeah. an event like this? Yeah. It's, you know, we've been working on it um, this season a lot. So I don't really, I haven't really gone through a progression say Mm -hmm. it's been Mm -hmm. more of let's, um, test Mm -hmm. 
Mm. you know, this grams per hour with this much water I see. in this hard effort. Yeah. Because it's not very often that I go max race pace for four hours. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you have, you know, I have these, um, you know, a handful of opportunities to try mm. these different approaches, nice. um, which I've done, you know, that's yeah. why you do training races, um, to test out these different approaches. So I think my aim is to, um, go for, well, I gotta re I gotta touch base with Liz before. Yeah. (laughs) Get your, your homework done, you know, Yeah, but it's, you know, it will be like 50 to 60 grams per hour. Yeah. And just to make sure that I have enough hydration, Mm -hmm. you know, to go along with that. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. And, um, when you were sweat testing too, we, yeah. how did you guys do that? Was it the, like yeah. weighing yourself before were you in a lab setting or, um, like? I have done it in a lab setting, uh, years ago, mm-hmm. um, which was pretty cool. It was at the Corey Stinger Institute Oh yeah, mm-hmm. at UConn. Yeah. yeah. So I went in there, um, with Camelback when I worked with Camelback and we, nice. I learned all about heat stroke. It was like, mm-hmm. it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyone, I mean, that's a great resource, the Corey Stinger Institute. Yeah. Um, but most of the sweat testing we've done has been out in the wild. And yeah. so <laughs> I literally, uh, you know, I've done some training, but the recent one, I brought my scale Mm-hmm. I hopped on it in a dry kit right before yeah. the start, you know, like 15 minutes before the start. Nice. And, and then, um, after I finished, I put on change, put on a dry kit. Cause I was literally soaking yeah. wet and then weighed myself. And nice. yeah, we made the calculation from there. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that is such valuable information. I, yeah. it's, it's, if you have a home scale, like it's pretty, you know, it's easy, free, it's easy to do. Yeah. So I highly suggest people take advantage of that. And it tells us a lot in, in those different environmental conditions too. Like we had, oh my gosh, one athlete just like blew my mind. He like did the same run in the exact same route, same paces, but it was a 10 degree difference the second yeah. time he did it. And he doubled his sweat losses. Really? Yes. Yes. So, um, he's up in Oregon and yeah, it just like blew my mind. So it's like, how do you manage? Like you have to tolerate some level of dehydration and he was an yeah. runner. So, oh. you know, imagine losing that amount over 24 out, like consistent movement over 24 hours. It's, um, yeah, just wild. So that's no joke. I mean, it's yeah. pretty funny. We did a race simulation, um, in 2020, And that's kind of the last time we were doing sweat testing Mm -hmm. and Liz looked, it was almost on the same date actually no way. (laughs) as this year, it was in August. Mm -hmm. Um, and I lost the same amount. And so, yeah, it was pretty fascinating because I thought I was more heat acclimated Mm. this time around, Mm -hmm. but it, I mean, I, Apparently they can shift from yeah. your example. Yeah. Um, but I guess mine kind of like remains the consistent. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's good. I mean, I'd be curious, same time of year, if the temperature was similar or humidity and stuff yeah. like that. Totally. If, 
yeah, very, very interesting world and all the research that's coming out in that area right now is pretty, um, it, it's very interesting and just it's to so see the great ranges that we talk about it. Cause it's so yeah. overlooked with athletes. So many mm-hmm. athletes come to us with gut issues, mm-hmm. uh, especially on the run and they're, they think it's the food yeah. <laughs> they think it's yeah. the food that they're taking in to cause the gut issues. And I'm like, well, how much are you drinking? Yeah. Oh, just, uh, you know, tiny sips here and there. <laughs> and it's, it's mind blowing. And once you change that, I mean, it can really be a performance enhancer, you know, a, your gut feels good, which is wonderful, but also, you know, you're not losing that performance gain. Yeah. So carbohydrates and, and and electrolytes. Yeah. Game changers (laughs) right there. Game changers. Um, We do have check. (laughs) I'll, I'll, um, throw out too, just for the listeners, we have a gut training, like four quick tips thing that we'll, we'll link for those who are listening as well. If they want to get some quick tips on how to help their gut training. Um, and then I want to be mindful of your time. Um, we did get a question from our audience and it's in regards to training. So she says, what is your cross training regimen look like? And then what does a week of training look like for you? So we could break oh. those into two things. Do you, I are you doing that. cross training? What is, what does that look like for you? If you are doing that? That's a great question for me because yeah. I live in Vermont and you cannot ride your bike year round. Right. The only, the only way you're doing that is if you're riding um, the trainer, you know, on Zwift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do a little bit of that, but since mm-hmm. I grew up with a ski racing background, I do a lot of, um, AT skiing. So skinning mm. up the mountain oh, and then cool. yeah. skiing nice. down and that, I mean, you are hiking straight up a mountain. Yeah. So that gets your heart rate spiked. And I do that as well. I and mean, that is a good workout. <laughs> and then you get the fun of yes. going down, yeah. which I love. <laughs> yeah. Nice. You earned it. You earned yeah, it. Yeah, totally. And then, um, so I was doing a lot of that and then I love Nordic skiing mm, actually. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think it's just so good for your body when it's in one position for a long time, you know, yeah. for most of the year on the bike, I'm only moving in one plane, right? right. Like here yeah. we are, we are forwards and backwards yes. and I'm stuck at three yeah. points. And so for me to go out and skate ski, cause I like definitely as a, a big leg strength component. Mm-hmm. That's great for me because I'm moving in different planes. I'm strengthening my upper body, which is really important for mountain biking. Mm-hmm. And it gets me off the bike doing something different. And it's a great workout. So I love to do that. That's I great. also strength train uh, a lot, you know, more in the in the fall and winter. And mm-hmm. then I maintain ideally uh, in season. It's hard to do. Yeah. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, that's like my main uh, cross training. It's important to get a break from your main sport and switch mm-hmm. it up. Yeah, just yeah, for yeah, your definitely. body and for your mind and your motivation. Yeah, definitely. I've seen a, quite a few athletes on the socials right now, just saying, talking about how they feel like it's been such a long season yeah. and just like mentally needing a break, I think from that. Um, so yeah, I think that switching up is really smart. So yeah. what does a week of training look like for you? Are you training seven days of the week? You taking any rest days? Yeah. I, um, usually take, I, I work in three day builds mm. usually. And so it's like 
they'll be increasing in intensity. So like intervals or um, volume. So like the longer rides, and Mm -hmm. then I'll take like an easier day, a spin after that. Mm -hmm. And so usually it ends up being like, uh, it could be Friday, Saturday, Sunday build that could Mm -hmm. include a race. Mm-hmm. And then Monday is either a day completely off or just like an easy spin, um, awesome. whatever I'm feeling, you know, mm-hmm. I, I give myself full permission to take a day off and yeah. what I sometimes like to call like an average American day. Like, let's just like, <laughs> don't do anything. Yeah. You know, like you need kick your feet up, turn on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. yeah. You need a break mentally. Yeah. yeah. Um, Yeah. And then it varies. I mean, this is why I love working with my coach. I've worked with him for like, for almost 20 years and I don't know what he's going to give me. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And it's very day to day, you know, day to day. Wow. It can change based on how I'm feeling. Which is good coaching. It is. Yes. Yes. And like what, and I need that being like fresh. Like I can't, Mm -hmm. I don't want to predict my training schedule. I don't want to be able to write my own training schedule. It's like, I think this is what she needs right now. And he's very like intuitive, like I am. So we work well together. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. He only coaches me too. He used to be a professional racer on the mountain bike, Andy Bishop and on the road, like he's on the tour, the Giro. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, now he coaches me to like keep his hand in it, which is really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, um, we thank you so much for joining us today. I, I would love to have you back and dive into, I know you had a back injury and I think we could like totally go down a whole yeah. rabbit hole with that and nutrition and totally. Um, but want to be mindful of your time. So where can people find you? Yeah. Find me on Instagram. Leah eats a lot. Um, please go check out my Ted talk. I would love yes. if you watched it and shared it. It's called how to win when you don't. And it's a TEDx talk. You can, it's also linked to my Instagram. Yeah. Um, and I have a website, leahdavison.com. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Most active on Instagram. Awesome. And her TED talk is amazing. I do highly yeah. suggest it. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Leah. We enjoyed yeah. having you and we'll have to have you back to talk about all things nutrition for injury. I would love that. Awesome. Thanks, Leah. Thanks so thank much. You. To stay up to date with the Nutritional Revolution recent activities, follow Nutritional Revolution on Instagram and Facebook and sign up to receive the Nutritional Revolution newsletters on the Nutritional Revolution website. If you guys enjoyed today's content, please hit subscribe below to stay up to date on the latest Nutritional Revolution posts. Have a healthy day.